You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. And the truth is, we all worship something. Deep in our hearts, everybody in this room, in fact, everybody in this world, worships something. It's the way we're created. We're all, we are created to worship something. But here's the problem. If you don't get right perspective about this, you finish up not really worshipping the one worthy of worship, God, you can actually use God to try to secure the things that are valued to you, the things that you really want. Now, when you do this, it's really sad because you don't realise how much of your life you mess up. But that's what we're going to view tonight. We're going to view uh, a guy by the name of Jim Carrey, uh, who's quite a funny guy. He plays Bruce Nolan in this particular movie, Bruce Almighty. And that's, that's the big setup. Bruce wants to manipulate life. He wants to play God. And through the journey of the movie, you start, he starts to realise something that would be wise for everybody to embrace. And that's that you're not God. God is God. And when you don't get the perspectives right, life goes down pretty quickly. The first, I'll set up the first clip and then we'll, we'll watch a little bit of the movie. Maybe you just want to cut that back a tad. The, uh, the first clip is Bruce Nolan, a local TV reporter. He's faced with a steady stream of disappointments in his career. He had his heart set on a promotion and his rival, the, the, you know, everyone has somebody who at some point of their life gets what they want. You know, they get, the, get the, um, the position on the team or they get the girl or they get the job or, you know, there's that rival uh, that if you think if they weren't there, then I would have been the person. Well, Bruce has got that person and they get the job that he dreamed of and he didn't handle his emotions well. He overreacts and as a result of that, he gets thrown out of his, uh, of his job altogether um, he has a really bad day. He gets beaten up by some thugs. And in this opening scene that we're about to see, he's rehearsing his frustrations in front of the one person who loves him unconditionally, Grace. She tries to console him. But we're going to take a look at a man who thinks that he's been dealt with pretty unfairly. What's the screen. shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hands or two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here! Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. I gave him the wrong coordinates. You know what? Enough. All right? Will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm! All right, sweetheart, I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable. What Evan did is slimy and wrong. But this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! 
Yeah, so he's not happy. <laughs> Bruce's idea of God is not unlike what a lot of people kind of view God. You know, God's this killjoy in the sky. God's mean, if you will. Uh, he plays with us. It's actually an ancient idea. Uh, anybody who's heard or knows anything about Roman gods or Greek gods, that's how they viewed gods. The gods played and the man, man suffered. And God would, gods would play with the heart and with the futures of man. So this is an ancient idea. But it's an idea that's pretty well spread through, I think, society. Not just of 2,000 years ago when people viewed the gods in the sky as sort of playing amongst themselves and then from time to time paying mankind a, a little bit of attention and then messing with them. Uh, this idea for him is that God it, it has this uh, desire to bring about some kind of uh, almost vengeance on, on mankind because man just doesn't do what he ought to do. Uh, God has the power to fix the problem. God could do such a better job of governing the earth because he has the power to solve hunger. He has the power to solve my problems, but he doesn't fix them. What kind of an uncaring, vindictive being is this God? That's the worldview that his character is trying to... Uh, to prevail. Of course, the real problem for Bruce isn't the loss of his job, sad as that is. It's not his lack of cool stuff. It's not his struggling career. His real problem is his wrong view of God and his inflated concept of himself. See, for this guy in the, in the screen, uh, in that movie, uh, Bruce Almighty, he is what every human being has to deal with, really. And that is, am I God? Or am I not God? In reality, Bruce himself was God. And because he cannot make things go the way that he thinks they ought to, he's full of frustration and he's full of self-pity. I wonder if anybody in this room has ever been filled with frustration and filled with self-pity. And whilst Bruce, Bruce's disappointments and hurts you know, have some legitimacy to them, I guess that's no doubt his worldview is narrow. He can't see beyond his own desires to control his life. And, and he's lost sight of the good things that he has in his world. He, there, is, there are blessings, but he can't see them because he's so focused on what he has in God. He's so focused on his disappointments. He can't see the fact that he has health and he's safe and he has a loved one and he has friends and, uh, and his basic needs are met and there are uh, some of his wants being met. He has a comfortable middle-class lifestyle. But for him, it's all mediocre. For him, it's not good enough. And he frantically grasps after something better trying to appease the God in himself, the God of himself as he clamors for more. I've got to have more. I've got to have more. What I, what I have is just not good enough. I wonder if you can relate to that kind of an attitude. I wonder if you can relate to that kind of perspective. If you can, then, then this is only going to get better. <laughs> because in this next clip, um, through some kind of divine encounter that... Uh, you could only ever dream of. Uh, Bruce gets the God powers. He becomes God in, in the movie. And uh, he gets the power and the responsibility of God himself. And so what he does, because he thinks, God, you're doing a bad job. I could be doing a better job. So God kind of says, okay, will you be God? <laughs> 
And so he uses his power for his own comfort, his own satisfaction, a carefree life, and to bring about vengeance on his enemies. But he's soon overwhelmed by the constant pestering of people asking him for stuff. And he gets so annoyed with people asking, asking, asking. He says, well, that's it. You're a universal yes to everybody. Whatever you want, the answer's yes. Pandemonium breaks out and a frantic Bruce realises he needs help and he seeks help from God. Now, in the clip, God, of course, is played by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and uh, you'll see him in a, in a warehouse as God. But why don't you watch the clip and we'll see what we can learn. says it's on this God business they're all out of control it's mayhem I, I don't know what to do well you're right on time seven o'clock seven at seven Wonderful thing. No matter how filthy something gets, you can always clean it right up. There were so many. I just gave them all what they wanted. Yeah. But since when does anyone have a clue about what they want? So what do I do? Parting your soup is not a miracle, Bruce. It's a magic trick. A single mom who's working two jobs and still finds time to take her kid to soccer practice, that's a miracle. A teenager who says no to drugs and yes to an education, that's a miracle. People want me to do everything for them, and what they don't realize is they have the power. You want to see a miracle, son? Be the miracle. You know, even he gets divine privileges and Bruce realises in a moment of crisis that he's not the Almighty and he, he needs greater wisdom. And 
Up until this point of time, he thought God was arbitrary. Now he realises God is not random, but there is a purpose. And, and God explains to him the difference between magic and a miracle. And this is really important. Because so often, we have this concept of God as a worker of magic, you know. Some say some kind of spell, and we'll call it a prayer. And then God's got to come out, somehow do, you know, what we said in our prayer and hocus pocus, boom, God come through for us. But he says, you have to be the miracle. This is not a magic show. He, he was using his powers to make his own desires come true. And the sad thing was, the more he made his own desires come true, he realized that what he really wanted are things like happiness, joy, peace, the things that the heart of man really longs for continued to elude him as he continued to grab for what he thought he wanted. Now, there are few emotions more powerful than wanting. Um, and if you don't believe me, then have a look at a, 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 a single um, person who's longing to get married or as a, an unemployed father who's begging for a job or as a, a, a childless couple who want to have a child as a mother who has a son in prison or a man whose wife is in a coma man there's nothing wrong with longing there's nothing wrong with wanting but the truth is for most of us until we get to a kind of point of desperation we don't really know what we want uh, he makes that powerful line in the in the uh, in the script he says but since when does anyone have a clue about what they really want? And I thought that was such a, an important little phrase because we did a whole series on it. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want because most people don't know what they really want. Uh, we talked about how our, uh, our appetites um, eventually eat our values because we, we, we know what we want in terms of our appetites, what we want to, to solve this sense of need in my heart but we don't really clarify what our values are, the things that are of significance to us in the context, in the context of the long term. And I thought, what a profound phrase that was. People don't know what they really want. They know what they want. They know what they're hungry for. But they've never really taken the time to dig down to figure out what it is their values are. Those strong desires that God gives us, they're not wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting something. And often God uses them as a means of drawing us closer to him. But it doesn't matter what you want. What you need to be so careful about is that what you want doesn't become larger in your heart than God himself or it becomes an idol. Uh, a great playwright and author by the name of Oscar Wilde wrote this. He said, there are two tragedies in life, not getting what you want, but the other tragedy is getting what you want. Now, why, Oscar, is it such a tragedy to get what you want? And I'll tell you why. Because when you finally get it, you realize it doesn't deliver to you what your expectation and hope actually was. You were hoping there was going to be a depth to it. You were hoping it was going to solve that need inside of you for more. And you get it and you realize, I thought she was the one. I thought he was the one. I thought this would do it for me. Now I've got it. It's left me wanting more. What a tragedy to pursue something only to get it and find out it didn't do 
what you expected or hoped or prayed that it would do. That's why Oscar says there's two tragedies in life. Not getting what you want, but the bigger tragedy is getting it. Because when you get it, you realise it actually doesn't do what I thought, hoped, anticipated it would do. Our desires can consume us so that our relationship with God is all about things and prayer becomes you know, a desire for stuff. God, I need this and God, I need that. And instead of using it as a springboard to become the person God intended us to be, this person of joy, this person of depth, this person of patience. See, we want stuff from God and God wants to give us stuff, by the way, whether it be material stuff or spiritual stuff. You know, we want stuff like we want patience and strength and faith and holiness and uh, and we want all these spiritual blessings, but we want them delivered like a Mars bar in a vending machine. You know, push the button and bloop, there it just comes and deliver it into our soul. That's why you have struggles, doubts. That's why you have to wait. That's why you were tempted. God is bringing about within you something of significance. You are becoming the miracle. Stop looking for the magic is the message of this movie. Part of the miracle is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's what we're about to watch in this next little clip. The most important person in Bruce's, um, Jim Carrey's life was, was Grace. And we saw her there in that first clip. But Bruce has become so selfish that he's pushed her away. Uh, and now that he has these divine powers, he wants to get his girl back, but he can't violate her free will. Because God can't violate man's free will. Now we get an opportunity to look into her innermost intimate prayer. And we see the effect that it has upon the perspective of her ex-boyfriend who now has the power of God, Bruce Almighty. Watch this. A woman does pray a lot. Find Grace and Bruce. Dear God, please help Bruce find himself, find contentment, find you. Dear God, please help Bruce. He seems to be struggling. Dear God, give Bruce strength. Dear God, bless Bruce. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. It's her. Sandy, it's her. She's logging on. She's praying. Ring now. Grace. Please, God. Please. I still love him. anymore I don't want to hurt anymore please help me forget please help me let him go please help me let him go I'm done. 
gonna be good. I want you to decide what's right for me. I surrender to your will. In seeing this, um, the pain and the brokenness that he causes grace, Bruce finally comes to the end of himself. And all of a sudden, it's interesting, isn't it, how things that mean something to you then don't. Uh, you get cranky and you're upset about things and all of a sudden you get a phone call and you find out, you know, there's a, a loved one who's got a sickness or someone who's really close to you just had a, a something of significance happen and all of a sudden... What you were cranky about just doesn't matter anymore. And uh, Bruce, who was cranky about his, his lack of promotion, he was cranky about his mediocre life. At the start, now he's lost his loved one. And now that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. They seem trivial to him. Because what meant most to him is now gone, which he was taking for granted, which was the love of grace. Bruce cries out to God and it's interesting he cries out to God not force her to come back to me not I want to use those powers and get my beloved back but his cry to God is God can you be God again I'm sick of trying to be God I'm sick of trying to be God in my life and I just think that's such a profound place that all of us have got to get to because we all want to be God for some point or another of our life. We all want to try to control things. We all want to try to manipulate things. And then we get to a point, and I think we've all got to get to this point, where we finally see from a right perspective, God is God and I am not God. When we see God's power, when we understand that he's not some superhuman agent, He's not some benevolent friend who's going to just give me his influence so I can manipulate the world. But he's something completely apart from ourselves. Um, in the Bible, there's hundreds of names to try to describe God. And, and even if you combine them all together, they still fall short. Uh, there's so many facets to the personality and to the existence of God. He's called the creator, the Lord, the king, the only wise judge, the good shepherd, our heavenly father, and on and on and on it goes. Yet none of those names in themselves, and if you have combined them all together, don't really stack up to a complete understanding of who God is. We didn't even understand the true meaning of the holiness of God. When we think of the word holiness, what do you think of? You think of you know some narrow kind of lifestyle, you think, I can't do what I want. I'm not free. I've got to live this holy, restricted, killjoy kind of a life. And God's this patriarch in the sky who will go to almost any length to make sure that I can't do what I want. And yet that's not a true definition of the word. Holiness is not a restriction of what we can't do. Holiness is complete. You know what freedom actually is? Freedom doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. You know, if I, I've bought a, a car that requires diesel and I go to the petrol station and I see that unleaded petrol's cheaper and I think, well, I'm free, I'm going to do whatever I want and so I get the unleaded and put it into my diesel motor, how many know the pretty, uh, not too far down the track, my car ain't going to work no more 
Because freedom is about submitting to the things that are right for you. Pull a fish out of the water and say, here, fishy, you're free. (laughs) And the fish doesn't go anywhere. The fish has got it because the fish was created to go on the water. The, The diesel motor was created to function on diesel and you were created to worship God. You are free to worship God. When you put yourself in any other environment, you're like a fish out of water. You're like a diesel motor with, 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 um, uh, with unleaded petrol or vice versa. Freedom is submitting to the thing that you were created to do. That's what real freedom is. And finally, this guy submitted himself to God. The holiness of God, the word holy means nothing lacking. Uh, it means complete. It means that he's short in nothing. God is short in nothing. It doesn't matter what you think God, you wish God would be. God is complete in that. God is all-knowing. He's all-caring. He's all-powerful. He's all-loving. He's all-righteous. God is short in nothing. And when we finally see God for who he is, we're able to see ourselves for who we are. We see his completeness and we see our lack we see his giving, we see our selfishness, we see his largeness, we see our smallness. There is a right response. And that's what you saw at the end there, where Bruce melts down on the street and cries and says, God, just take it. I'm, I'm not you. I don't want to try to control and manipulate everything. God, you're God, and I am not. <laughs> and you know something? That's the most profound place that anybody can come to. You know why you should worship God? Because he's God. <laughs> I, I, said, I said the other day, you know, don't become a Christian because it's convenient. Don't become a Christian because it's exciting. Don't become a Christian because it, 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 it gives you what you want. Become a Christian because it's true. <laughs> Follow God because he's God. <laughs> if he's God and you're not then the best thing you can do is follow God. And you say, well, how do we know which God is God? You know, so many gods. Well, Jesus came to show us who God was. And you show me somebody who can predict their death and their resurrection, and that will do for me. I'll follow that person. Often we think uh, life would be better if we could call the shots. But this story illustrates the kind of thinking results in pandemonium and chaos because we don't understand the character of God. Bruce's surrender was the point in which God was able to start to do something and that was Bruce himself become the miracle. When he, began to, when he began to think correctly about God, he was able to put himself in the service of others and not feel at the end result of that resentful or not feel that they owed him because he had a correct perspective of God which led to a correct perspective of himself. That God is God and he is not. And if you can get that perspective and if you go and watch that movie for yourself and if you can understand that that's a theme, that that's a really important idea, And then if God is good, even when life doesn't go the way you want it to, you know that God is good and so you're able to be thankful. You know that God is wise, even when your longings aren't met in the time and the manner under which you considered appropriate. And you'll trust God because God knows better 
than you. You'll know that God is holy. And when you realize your own smallness, when you realize how narrow your view is and how expansive and how powerful and how wonderful God, God's is, then you can surrender to God. Yeah, there's a powerful message in this movie. Powerful message is there is an all-knowing, all-wise God, but you're not him. But you were created to surrender to him, and when you surrender to him, that's where you find freedom. for listening to this podcast.